Welcome to episode 20 of ESA Takes on Tourism. We are back from a brief Independence Day holiday hiatus. Good to see you, Hubertus. Good to see you, Daniel. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. So many people may have may be familiar with this article or may have experienced the contents of this article, but today we're going to discuss a report by the New York Times uh, titled, How Crowded Are America's National Parks? See for Yourself. And the subtitle was, Americans are flocking to national parks in record numbers, in many cases leading to long lines and overcrowded facilities. Here's what four parks looked like over the holiday weekend. And I brought up a lot of questions, so we'll probably do more questions and fewer answers today. But we <laughs> wanted to talk about uh, what the travel recovery looks like from a sustainability standpoint, among um, other issues. Uh, what was your first reaction to this article, Hubertus? It was almost OMG. You know, I um, they they literally picked sort of the 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 iconic you know national parks in the U.S. Grand Canyon, Acadia, and all of those, uh, and. Yeah, I was not surprised, but I was also of the mindset, like, I would not want to be there at this point, to be honest with you. I think, you know, I, I wouldn't expect to be kind of a lone visitor to a national park, right? But I, I thought that was already, that was, that was, that was a lot. And I think, um, especially since the, the, the national park sort of implemented capacity restrictions for the season, right? And there was a lot of sort of angry feelings around it that people weren't able to make reservations, but it, it looked it looked pretty crowded. But again, not surprised about it either. Yeah, I wasn't surprised. So I just drove across the country from New Jersey. And I mean, the amount of RVs that I saw, there were more RVs than cars and trucks, it felt like sometime. I mean, it was absolutely crazy. So yeah, I, I definitely saw it firsthand. Um, my reaction was also, okay, I mean, is this sustainable? Like, is this good for the national parks? I mean, we want people to experience these beautiful mm -hmm. parts of the country for so long. Brand USA has promoted the national parks, has been trying to get people to visit more rural destinations, get outside. So, okay, like this is a good thing, but is it also a problem? Um, and I think certainly some changes are going to need to be made if this trend continues. Um, I think they're going to be need to be made by the national parks themselves, by destinations, by DMOs, uh, because I think overcrowding um, will have an impact both on the on the parks themselves um, and is not sustainable for the economy and for the, the travel economy um, more generally. I think we need to somehow even out this recovery because right now it's pretty uneven. As we've seen, the numbers from many urban destinations are still struggling. San Francisco, a great example. I mean, New York, um, you know, we see the rates in these big cities, the hotel rates far lower than some small towns like Cheyenne, Cheyenne, Wyoming or something like this. So. Um, it's pretty extraordinary what's going on right now with this unevenness. And I'm, and I'm curious to see if it's if it does smooth its way out on its own or if there needs to be some sort of uh, inter, uh, an intervention by the government by or the destinations and what what can be done. Um, I think DMOs have a big role here. Would you agree with that? 
I absolutely would agree with that. And I, I would just add to that. I think, um, and that is probably the big question, right? Is this, is this, is this a long-term trend or is this something that we're seeing short-term? I think the reality is also that, um, you know, people obviously there's that, uh, uh, overquoted pent up demand, right? People want to travel. Now that the US is, you know, vaccination rates are high, things have are opening up or begin or continue to open up. So I think there's there's certainly that immediate effect that we see and people are really flocking to wherever they can go, right? I personally looked um, for um, uh, a trip to one of the national parks for this fall and um, it's, it was virtually impossible in a radius of like 150 miles to find any accommodation. So I think that would be something I, I could see sort of pan out by itself, meaning that, you know, maybe those people who normally would have gone on an international trip this year, right, if it had been possible, or if they had the financial means, whatever it may be, um, that that would sort of maybe balance itself out over over the next couple of years, let's say, maybe even as as early as next year, right? That we're seeing a shift into different into different areas. To that question, um, whether or not there should be some intervention or regulation, I am of the opinion, yes, because I think, you know, the whole question of sustainability of sort of, um, you know, a, a tourism infrastructure that is really covering a lot of different areas that is not that has equity tied to it. I think you know that is a new con is not a new concept. We've talked about it before. Governments have talked about it before, right? The whole issue of over tourism and what that means, and kind of finding that balance between really the economic impact that we're all you know live from in 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 our industry. But then also finding ways to make um, tourism and and travel sort of like a long term sustainable um, tour, um, sector, right? Industry right. sector. So I think there's there's going to be that. So I don't think that that whole intervention slash regulation discussion is new. I think this is an opportunity to to look at that again with a new lens, maybe, and really find ways that um, you know it doesn't have to be another pandemic that could sort of sort of shudder or, or shock our industry. It could be something else, right? There could be economic disruptors, there could be whatever it may be. So I think um, the, the, uh, what I'm really trying to sort of find in this is, okay, well, how much of a short-term effect is this really, right? And is this sort of going to balance itself out? But I do believe that we all play a role in this as a DMO or, or a government entity to really look at this with a long-term perspective and, and maybe find ways to, to, to create long-term strategies that are just healthier and, and sustainable. I agree. I, I, yeah, well said, absolutely agree that the long-term thinking here is essential. Um, maybe some of these trends are short-term, but you know, it's still a pivotal moment where destinations, DMOs and governments have an opportunity to craft strategies uh, that that will ensure the sustainability of all the different experiences and destinations within their cities, states, countries, um, and and I think DMOs have a huge role in contributing to that to the resilience um, and a sustainable approach to tourism. And that's you know destination development is going to be is proving really really important. Um, you know I think about just as an example. 
close to home, visit California, they used to always be kind of had a bot, not a bias, but a strategy that um, had a special focus on helping out the, the urban, sorry, rural destinations. You know, if we were to do a fam trip that we wanted to visit California funding from, they would need to include two other destinations and another non-urban destination typically, um, because they really wanted to lift up those parts of this of the state that weren't as uh, frequently visited. Now, I think that whole strategy is being turned on its head where, okay, you know what, we need to help the urban destinations. Um, but uh, to your point about short-term trends versus longer term, I think the answer here is what kind of strategy will help um, spread the demand for tourism across all different destinations and help sustainably build a demand for them rather than just continually changing the strategies, looking to help out urban destinations now, um, rural destinations later, what type of products can be built to help people um, travel, to, to help people combine different uh, destinations in a holiday. Um, and um, I think it's just a really important time for destinations to take a close look at how they're promoting tourism, you know, and, and, and also looking at the way people travel now, if that's changed and adapting based on that too. Like we know road trips are, are so popular right now. Um, you know, what can be done to, to uh, accommodate road trips in a sustainable way? You know, cruises are not taking place now and we know they're coming. Right. So but like before they arrive, how can we kind of change some of the impact the cruise ships had on certain destinations? So I think it's a, a really important time um, for all these destinations to kind of do a reset. And I hope that they I hope that they are. And I, I totally agree with you. And I, I, I feel that this is something that needs to be a coordinated effort. Right. It, it won't make sense for a single destination to. Again, it depends on the. It depends on who we're talking about. I just read, uh, for example, according to the United Nations um, Council on on um, on trade um, uh, trade and development. Um, you know, Turkey, for example, nine percent. Um, Turkey could they they basically did an analysis of how um, um, the lack of tourism or the reduction of tourism could um, could affect some of 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 the economies. So in Turkey, for example, they could look at a reduction of between 7.8 in the sort of least uh, severe scenario to up to 9% in the, in the most severe scenario in a reduction in, in, as it affects, I'm sorry, as it affects their GDP. Mm -hmm. That is, that obviously will probably, um, you know, have an impact on how Turkey as a country takes a look at this, right? Mm -hmm. When you look at the US, for example, the US fares here at least, um, the least severe scenario is at 1.1 and the most severe is at 2.1. Still, I mean, we know how impactful this has been for our industry, right? So, but it goes to show you, I think, you know, there's obviously not a, a one size fits all. And I think it'll be important for all these different sectors in that in that um, in that in that segment to really come together and from from government entities to the DMOs to the communities and really look at it cohesively and put forward measures and uh, recommendations that 
that really address that in a way that it is meaningful and has a long-term impact, I yeah. believe. So again, I think it'll be a really, I think as, as much as this has been a, um, a very challenging year and continues to be, I think it's also an opportunity to take that look and, and really um, come together and see, you know, how, how you drive this forward in, in ways that are, yeah. that are sustainable not yeah. not just sustainable from a sustainability point of view but also economically sustainable and and from from different other aspects as well exactly and don't and don't uh, discount the fact that the great a lot of businesses are are trying have had such a tough time the last year and a half and are so excited to get business so maybe they're thrilled that prices mm -hmm. are through the roof now and that their destinations are packed um, but they should look a little longer term and, and remember that if it's not a good, ex if people, if visitors aren't having a good experience, if there's degradation of the, of their product, of their destination because of over-tourism, that's going to hurt them in the long run. Get ahead of it now. Cap the number of people that, you know, can visit a park or come to an experience um, before it becomes overcrowded. You know, you want to maintain that, you uh, that that's sustain that's also sustainability is making sure that people can enjoy and, and you know not just now but in the future and looking at some of those national park photos it's like that doesn't seem enjoyable to me and we don't want to be in a position where if I'm a national park or something I, I don't want to be in a position where your destination is now like Venice knowing that oh in the in the peak of in the peak of uh, the visitor season, it's not even fun anymore because everything's like overpriced, overcrowded. You can't take a picture without someone else in it. Um, so I don't want it to become that. You know, Yellowstone already broke records for the for the for the highest visitor numbers in a season. Um, so I think they should really watch out for that. I know Yosemite introduced like a permitting a new permitting system. I think that's really smart. You know, they want to get ahead of it. Um, I mean. Yeah, they, I hope I could get a permit because I'm trying to go there soon. But uh, I think people should really be looking a little bit longer term. I know they're celebrating all this short-term business, but need to think, is this sustainable? And um, how can we uh, maintain this demand uh, for uh, the near future and keep the experience enjoyable? So... Um, well, you know, I think there's a lot, a lot more questions here that, that are, have to be answered. You know, we can look at if we think market forces are going to help fix some of these issues. We can talk about some of the strategies that DMOs can play. I think we can dive in on another episode just around uh, sustainability as a <clears throat> strategy for governments um, yeah. and what in the present um, they should be looking at. I think that there's a lot of interesting topics there. Um, and perhaps we should revisit this topic on, a, on an upcoming episode. I agree. I lot, lots of um, really, really good stuff out there um, and good case studies that would offer a lot of fodder for us. One thing I wanted to mention is I think um, it has come up and we've all read about it, but I think the the question of digit, digitalization is really, really critical in this conversation as well, the, continu mm -hmm. the continued process of that, and also data. So I think uh, what we've also seen in all of this is, you know, there, we all have data, we all have access to data, but I think what, what destinations and countries and governments really need to do is come up with, with sort of that cohesive communication, right? If, if something again happens and if there is another situation, it doesn't have to be as severe as this pandemic, but um, you know, that we have clear and 
clear communication, that we have a clear sort of crisis response strategy in place that helps um, all of us in, in, this, in this sector to really address it in a, in a way that doesn't cause confusion on the ground or doesn't have mixed messages. And I think that's, that's something where I would see governments would play a critical role in that as well. Um, but let me just explain really, I really have another minute, but digitalization in this context, what are we referring to exactly? Well, I think what we've seen or what I would see is there's certainly been that um, that uh, transition to towards, um, you know, people, people having access to information and, and really utilizing um, the digital, um, you know, digital means to have information on destinations, okay. maybe even utilize, I just read something really interesting, for example, it has come up before, but the Louvre in Paris, right, there's a, there's a lot of voices out there now that want the Mona Lisa to be removed from the Louvre, because like 80% of all people, I'm just making this number up now, but it's the, it's the, the, the majority of people visiting the Louvre are only going to see mm -hmm. the Lisa, this is a massive museum. It's a world-class museum, probably one of, if not the best museum in the world. And if it's now only really, so I, you know, what I, I guess what I was trying to say is there could be an element maybe that um, you provide access more digitally to people, right? If, if your destination experience could maybe be a hybrid approach of certain things that um, maybe, well, yeah, I, I, don't want to go or I, I don't have time to go to this or whatever museum, maybe I can explore it in, in other ways. And I think it's also from a, from an information gathering point of view, I think it'll be um, much more important to have a very robust digital strategy in place because yeah. people will look for, for those details. I have looked up how restaurants are, doing their um you know their how they are adhering to their to the to the health um standards that have been put forward last year and so i think we are more in that search sort of um mode in many ways right where we go into much more granular details yeah. and i don't see that go away to be honest with you i think it will just be a continued um part of, of, yeah. of the mix. And I think it will be important to have really that, that very strong, robust digital strategy in place. Yeah, agreed. I think, um, absolutely. Digital tools and digitization is huge. Another episode for us, we are out of time today, but I am inspired. I hope everyone found today's episode interesting and insightful, and we will be back, uh, shortly with your next episode of SF Takes on Tourism. Hubertus, great to see you. See you in the office great tomorrow. Great to see you. See you tomorrow. Have a good one, everybody. Have a great day. Take care.